Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. In each episode, we will sit down with a guest and talk about news and events related to the sport and hobby of pinball. Here are your hosts, Lauren Gray and Rebecca Salem. Welcome, everybody, to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. Your girls are here, Rebecca Salem, Lauren Gray. We're live. We're, we're, so, we're alive. We're so alive. We're, we're extra live. And yeah. I want to just tell you that September 2021, hot garbage. Hashtag hot garbage. Rebecca and I have not had the best September. Hence, we're like a month late <laughs> putting out an episode. So much. It's been... You know what? Honestly, it started at the end of August. Um, it's true. Spoilers. I was in a car accident. Super <gasps> fun. Mm. So I get to get two new doors. Uh, also, we will be accepting any recommendations for small, compact SUVs you can get for under $10,000. You know, just in case. I will take any of those. You can't buy another Honda CRV. And d- does the you can't small. Find anymore it's like it's I I love that you can just keep on buying the same car but like does it have to fit a pin inside like I know that there's like a a spreadsheet out there on the interwebs that can tell you like depending on what model car it is what type of pinball machine like would fit in it because I was looking at that for a while because I thought maybe Subaru but then I was a dum-dum and got a sports car I now I I can fit nothing in it in like I get sad because all of a sudden I'll see like a yard sale and I'm like I could take that pin home fit like a zizzle in there. <laughs> right? Oh, it's so true. You could have this all the time. No. An arcade one up. Yeah, arcade one up. Yeah, probably. And just like the back, the back will be open. Oh my God, my car's terrible. Oh. Um, all right. So a lot of stuff has happened though in this last month. Like it's seriously like we had a like a mini hiatus because work and life. And then boom, we had a couple things go on. Um, so many things. So many things. So we'll, we'll kind of tackle this in chronological order the deep root thing yes so deep root imploded um we all know why if you're listening to this show you're probably a fan of pinball and you may have heard that there was a scc filings against the owner of deep root um rebecca and i have feelings um but we are not going to do a episode about deep root because i feel like every and rebecca i chime in i feel like everything that has has been beaten Yes. The horse like... is down. The horse has no legs. We have broken the baseball bat. If they're like, if anybody wants to like ask us a question or ask us a question about our experience or like, you know, the stuff now that there's no like, what is the word? NDAs. There we go. Yeah. The NDAs like, are on fire. They're done. So. Yeah. They're done. If you guys have any questions, you can email us at backboxpinballpodcast at gmail.com and we're happy to like talk to you guys about it. We just, there's so much other good stuff that's happening in the pinball community. Do we really need to spend another hour talking about it? Same. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's the same way you feel about it, Lauren. I'm just it is. Like, like, it, it's not, you know, and I, people are like, she doesn't want to talk about it because, you know, that's her home team or whatever. And I'm like, first of all, that's true. But I just feel like it's been beat to death. And I don't feel like I have anything new to add beyond what has already been said and what I've said publicly. So we're not going to talk about it. But if yeah. you like are super spicy about it and have like feelings, email us Hello. and we'll like, we'll talk to you about it. Like, it's just not going to be a show. So that is the word uh, from us on Deep Root. <laughs> mic has been dropped, but we're not Boom. actually going to drop the mic because the cord to the mic is kind of broken and I'll never fix it. So 
You're not allowed to touch the mic per Jordan. Not allowed to touch the mic. Don't. Yeah, we're not allowed. I'll break it. Um, so next big so, thing, um, yeah. Richie, Steve Richie, moving to JJP. Like what? Yeah. I was, I was like, I was kind of surprised and not surprised, but like JJP seems to be collecting like all of these like former Stern people like are just going over to JJP. I mean, I mean, congratulations, JJP. And, you know, yeah. happy trails to Steve Ritchie. I'm interested to see what he does over there. Um, but it seems I'm like Stern's kind of making Mortal Kombat a JJP. <laughs> I can talk. Um, I'm down for a JJP Mortal Kombat. I mean, I'm just down for a Mortal Kombat pen. Like, that's fine. I like I like Mortal Kombat. I'm I'm about that. So Jordan I... made me watch all the movies. Did you see the newest one? I did. It is not as good as the original. It one. is not. No. It is. It does. It is not nearly as bad in, in a good way. Yeah. yeah. It, it didn't make that. Like you kind of have to jump the shark at that point. Like the previous one, the one from back in the day, like you know, nineties. Mm-hmm. That was so good. Like Christopher Lambert as Raiden. That was really good because it was so bad. This one is just stuck in bad. Is a true artist. He is. Christopher Lambert. There can be only one. Gave, he gave me in that movie everything I expect of yes. like a, of everything I expected in that movie, like a la Jeremy Irons in Dungeons and Dragons to like two thousand. Like you really just have to commit nine hundred and eighty billion percent, and that's what I got. Yeah. But yeah, Steve Ritchie moved to JJP, and what else do we have, Lauren? And um, on the note of Stern, on the note of Stern, Godzilla. So Godzilla I pinball know. from Stern. What is that? Like, I don't, I have feelings about that. Like, you it's know, just, yeah. What did you think? Because we talked about it before. The we talked about it came. amongst ourselves and we're like, yeah. mm, eh. I, 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 I feel very meh about it. I feel meh. And I feel bad because I like Keith and, um, you know, Zombie Yeti. I, I, I love him too, but I feel very meh about the design. I feel meh about the art. It's not anything reflective of them and their trade, but I feel meh about it. Just meh. So, you know, watching the preview before we saw like a reveal stream, I was pretty meh too, but it's also, I think I came into it with a predisposition of what I expected for Godzilla and I didn't get what I expected. So it was like, we watched the, like the 30 seconds you get and I was like, I think this has everything that we hate, which is cross ramp ramp, like cross playfield ramps. And like the music seems really intense, but not like fun, intense, like scary. And I'm like, I don't, I, I don't know if this is going to be our jam. And then we watched the reveal stream and we got to compare. And it's one of those things where I feel like if you're going to get it, you got to go for a premium. And I'm a pro, we're a promium household, which is we get the pro and then we mod it to hell and back. And so I feel, I feel more, I'd be, I would be into a Godzilla. I would like a Godzilla. I would play a Godzilla. Do I think it would be a pinball machine that we would keep forever? Probably not, but it does look, it, now that I've seen some gameplay and some playing on it, like, I'm cool with it, which is again why we. Ha- I feel like now we've turned into a more play it before you buy it. Household yeah, yeah. Still. No, completely understand. So, you know, but that's I think where I'm at with Godzilla. I mean, shout out to everybody individually. Like it's, 
I mean, the episode that you're wearing with Bobby, we're losing our stern insider pass anyway. So. Yeah. I, I, when you hear the episode with Bobby, you're going to see why we're going to be persona non grata at stern. Yeah. Yeah. They're never going to let us in. We're actually, I'm going to expo. They're not going to let me in for the tour. They're going to be like, no, this is no, it. Your picture is so. on the wall along with mine. So. Now that we've gotten all that old stuff out of the way, and we'll talk more yeah. about Godzilla as it comes out on the line, I'm excited to talk about our guest today. I feel yes. very, very professional and very fancy and very like, <laughs> oh my God, like he wants to talk to us. And he said he's listened to the show. I was like, because, oh, you know, like I don't, I don't expect people to listen to the show. I was like, it's, oh, it's so exciting. So I am very excited to welcome our guest today. He is the owner, founder of P3 Multimorphic. Please help me welcome from Austin, Texas, Jerry Stellenberg. Yay! Hi, Lauren. Hi, Becca. Hey. How you guys doing? Jerry, thank you so much for being here. Like, we consider ourselves like we're we're like a, a niche in a niche kind of podcast. You know, we we focus on the ladies, but we're all like women and and friends in pinball. So we're excited because you are in our backyard. Uh, you are literally in Rebecca's backyard uh, since she is from Austin. I am like maybe an hour and a half down the road. Um, but we are excited that you have decided to come on our show and talk about like some really awesome new stuff coming from Multimorphic. But for like the two people listening who don't know who you are, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what your pinball journey was like, where you started from, you know, you know, how Multimorphic came to be and where you're at today? Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> the fun stuff. So I am the stereotypical engineer turned business person because I am always thinking about new ideas and new things we can do and how we can do things differently and what pinball was missing in my opinion before. Um, so I started as an electrical engineer, went to Virginia Tech, um, spent a lot of time in the pool hall playing pool <laughs> and my friends spent a lot of time in the pool hall playing pinball. So every now and then they would leave a free credit on a machine or something or Jerry, go play that credit. I'm like, no, that's stupid. It's, I'm going to play it for two minutes and lose and then walk away. And that's going to be it. But one day I actually said, yes, I played a couple games on theater of magic. I got hooked. I played a lot more games on theater of magic and attack from Mars and medieval madness and whatever other new games they were getting in. And I kind of got the bug back in college. So Fast forward a few years, I had enough money to buy some machines, plural, because <laughs> I started with two. I started with two, eventually grew the collection up to 12. Ooh. Uh, that was a bit many for the house, and then <laughs> decided, I have these machines, I have these really cool mechanical electrical things that I spent a lot of money for. How can I get more mileage out of them? And they're basically these really complex things that every time you turn them on, they do the exact same thing. So I came up with this idea for a circuit board that we could put into the machines and reprogram them to do more cool things. Basically turn a pinball machine into a computer where you can add more applications to it and you can make it do different things when you turn it on. So that's how I kind of got started. That board turned into the P-Rock board, which is... Um, one of a few different boards that we develop, a full circuit board product line. We have driver boards and switch boards and LED driver boards now, and those are used by other manufacturers to power their machines. American Pinball and Spooky Pinball and Dutch Pinball have all gotten started. Haggis Pinball is using our boards. Um, and once, once we had a full set of boards we could use to create machines, I kind of 
stepped into the machine design role and came up with some cool ideas that I thought would do a lot for this industry that's been largely unchanged for 30 plus years. So I'm sure we'll get into some of the details of all that, but the, the, the primary result of all of that is the P3 pinball platform, which is this multi-game system that implements so many different things, so much new technology, so many um, different mechs and different ways of playing games and different features for all types of different fans. Kids have different applications they can play than your traditional pinhead, and we have redemption-style games and regular games, and just wanted to bring a whole new aspect of playing these games that, that not just pinheads can enjoy. That's fantastic. And you, you know, a lot of listeners, you know, they think of, you know, P3 Multimorphic, they immediately think of like, you know, the, the products that you guys have put out, meaning pinball. But for people who are really into the hobby, you know, we realize the value of the P-Rock board. I mean, so many manufacturers are now using it. You are kind of the, the backbone behind a lot of these boutique and smaller manufacturers that are using it. Um, you know, what, how does that feel like to see all, all of that work you've put into to the P-Rock board and the other boards that you've manufactured? How does that feel to, you know, kind of see the blossoming of this, this larger, um, you know, option for pinball? Because for a long time, there was just one game in town, uh, you know, as, as we came out of the 2000s. And now to see all of these smaller companies start to, to pop up, well, what has that been like for you and your company? It's interesting. It's kind of bittersweet because as an engineer, we we like to create things, but we also like to be credited for the things we create or for the ideas that yeah. we, we develop or, or um, help other people uh, develop their companies on. Um, we came out, I came out with the P-Rock in 2009. We founded Multimorphic in 2012. But 2009 was before, well before Jersey Jack even got started. Mm -hmm. It got started in 2011. Um, the P-Rock is a board that really is the first thing that gave non-commercial pinball developers who, like you said, only was stern at the time, gave people a way to implement their ideas, to do their own things, to turn an idea into a physical pinball machine. And to create a machine, you need to know a bunch of things. You need to be able to uh, envision an idea, uh, a theme. You need to be able to do woodworking. You need to figure out how to draw your thing mechanically and then implement it. You need to do art. You need to do music. You need to do video content if you have an LCD or a DMD in your machine. There's so many things you have to do. The, the hardest part for most people was figuring out the electronics because most people can relate to woodworking. They can go do something in their garage on a drill and a saw. They can relate to artwork because um, you can either draw or you can't, but usually you got a friend or, or you know where to find people who can draw for you. You usually know a musician or someone who can play <laughs> music. But electronics is something that most average people don't really have a, a grasp of. So this was a solution for them. Um, we came out with the boards, we came out with the software, and we enabled a lot of people to create machines. And I bet, um, I bet the industry would be in a very different place if we hadn't come out with that board. And the bittersweet part of that is, I mean, it's, it's sweet because all of this stuff has evolved from those boards and from the work we put in developing the frameworks uh, to give people a start with the software. The bitterness is no one really knows or very few people really understand how important the P-Rock board was in the evolution of pinball from the early 2000s to today. I bet, I bet 80% of the companies that exist today would not have existed without the P-Rock, and it's possible no one other than Stern would have existed. I completely 100% agree. Um, Jerry, I, I work in tech. 
So I understand like what, what an innovation that is and, you know, like credit where credit's due, man. I think it's amazing. And, and I love to see that, you know, you're now taking that, you know, huge innovation that you have and now you're, you're creating your own machines and you're trying to innovate the space because you're right. I mean, I love pinball. I've been playing pinball my whole life, but it hasn't really changed. And, and Rebecca, like, for you, what was your first experience with, I want to ask, you know, what was your first experience with a P3 multimorphic machine? So there were P, there was a Lexi Lightspeed at Buffalo Billiards. and so R.I.P. Buffalo Billiards. I know, Rip Buffalo. <laughs> and it's, it's just forever. Um, and so my first experiences on Lex, was on Lexi Lightspeed at Buffalo and it was something that was really different. I didn't know exactly, like, what's really funny is, is I had no idea how to play it. Um, I did not know what I was doing. Like, I, did, I had no idea what I was doing. But also, to be fair, I had no idea what I was doing. I was a baby. I was a baby. It was before we locked ourselves in our house for a year and a, two years in a pandemic to do nothing but play pinball. And... You know, so we pretty much like, so I had no idea what it was doing. I didn't know what the P3 was about. And um, it was something where I think I had a really good game on Lexi Lightspeed. And after that, it was like, oh, I think I kind of get sort of what I'm doing. Like, I think I know how to start a mode. <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. Cause I still don't know how to start modes on certain games, uh, Ugh, not on the P3, but just in general, like <laughs> I, I cannot start a mode in the walking dead to save my life. I will hit those three drop targets. I will drain. And then it is over and I get really mad at it anyway. Uh, but that was my first experience on it. And then, uh, and I enjoyed it and it was fun and it was different and not like anything, you know, that I was certainly used to playing, and so COVID happened and I know that the P3 platform, I think has always sort of been at the back of our mind because we didn't have access to it. It was one of the things you definitely couldn't rent from Buffalo when COVID <laughs> happened. We were like, well, how do we get this? How does this work? How can we get one? And, you know, then heist comes out and everybody's socks get just completely blown off. And it was such a cool game. And once restrictions lifted enough that we were able to go visit and tour and we got to play it, I'm pretty sure like they had to drag me away because I would have stayed until they kicked me out. <laughs> I would have stayed until Jerry would have like, kicked me out. Um, but it was so fun, and we were, we've been able to go back to uh, the headquarters and, you know, I call it the warehouse, but I call literally everything a warehouse. It's like an actual manufacturing facility, but I'm like, yeah, it's a big building. We got to go back to the cool big building with all the cool stuff in it and the giant CNC machine that Jordan wishes he had. Um, and we've been back to Stream Heist. We went back to, you know, Stream Sorcerer's Apprentice, and every time I go back, I just want to keep playing, but we're very enticed and I'm super excited because we should be, Jerry, shouldn't we be getting one of those in the next week? I feel Indeed. like we've, uh, Yep. It's, I'm uh, so jelly. Sure. So very, very close. Or you'll have to come play. You'll have yeah. to come play. For um, sure. But it's, 
it's just been a machine that Jordan can really see himself home brewing on um, because half of the work is really done by the time that you're trying to home brew on it. And, you know, I like the Optos. I love Barnyard, which is the silliest. You hit Barnyard animals and it's, we accidentally somehow ended up with it on the Lexi at Buffalo, like one day after, like, I think a Bell's event. And we were like, what is this? What did we do? How is this? And why am I hitting animals with a pinball? And <laughs> so I just love the balance between like, you can play barnyard and hit <sighs> animals and you're playing. It's like, disturbing, Rebecca. <laughs> it's, amazing, it's amazing. And barnyard is the best. And like, I love that you can play multiple things and I like that you can download content. Um, and I like that, honestly, so I feel you, Jerry, on going from two to 12 machines because we went from one to like 16 and then we had to downsize. And so the other thing is, is that the P3 gives us a way to fit more machines into our much smaller living space. So, and I think that that's such a, a great segue. So it, my experience was very similar to Rebecca's. I've talked about that on the show. Um, you know, Lexi Lightspeed was my introduction to P3. Uh, you know, I love the fact that she was a female protagonist. I liked the fact that it, for me, it was different. Like, I'm like, okay, where's, where's all the stuff, I guess is the best thing. Where's the stuff? But then when I was looking at it, I'm like, this is super innovative and it tells me what to do. It was like this. I was like, this has always been my biggest complaint about when I see new stuff in pinball. It's either so overblown or it's so confusing. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, there's too much going on. But like, Lexi Lightspeed was very easy to like for for me to figure out. I'm like, this is cool. And I'm like, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what my targets are. It's telling me all the things I need to do. And the more I've kind of played P3 systems, I've also played Cosmic Kart Racing, and we played uh, we played that at the Houston Arcade Expo. Uh, myself and, and Chris Doyle, we played against each other, which I thought was awesome. I was like, yay, this is so great. So you went from being an innovator with the P-Rock board, uh, you know, helping other people achieve their dreams. You moved to creating Lexi Lightspeed, and now you have several games in-house. What, what has that journey been like for you? You know, just starting with Lexi Lightspeed, you know, what was the response from that? And then how have you developed so far to kind of where you're at today with Heist? Yeah, so developing new ideas in an industry that's been the same for so long is a bit of a challenge, should just, I say? Just a little. <laughs> so we... We brought early prototypes of the P3. Before we even wanted to start a company, we brought this project machine that we built in our garage to TPF 2012. And it had enough interesting things in it. It had a full, um, not a full, it had a smaller playfield LCD. It had the walls and scoops that we now have, um, just a different early form. We had some demo games. In fact, we had the Barnyard game. We also had a, the Asteroid game we now call Rocks, an early version of that. We had a couple other sample games in and we just threw it out there on the floor, and people seemed to really dig it. Um, so then we turned into the company. We said, okay, maybe we can do this professionally, make this machine happen, deliver a lot more content, more ideas, more modularity, all these things. But when you turn it into a business and you, you view it critically and you take it to shows and actually really consider what people are saying because you're wondering if they're going to buy it or not, um, you hear in this industry, you hear a lot of negativity about new ideas and new concepts and people who aren't so open to 
giving something that looks a little bit different or seems to play a little bit different a chance because it's not the pinball that they know and love. So we started with Lexi. Uh, we intentionally had Lexi designed by, we started with Dennis Nordman. Dennis Nordman came on board the game and someone who was well-known in the industry to design the first game. It turned into Lexi Lightspeed, took it to shows. Um, we started taking pre-orders Kind of lukewarm reception. People looked at it and said, the idea is neat. We love this LCD that does do exactly what you said, Lauren, which explains to you what to shoot. It has arrows that point to the, the shots you need to hit. It kind of gives you the story narrative. It, it, in fact, it's a game that shows an introduction. When you, when you hit the start button, it plays an introduction, which you can cancel. But you can watch the story, and then you play through these story modes, where every time you start a mode, the screen, which is almost the entire lower half of the play field, it changes. It changes into this warehouse, or it changes into this swamp, or uh, a weapons lab. And it just gives you so much variety. Um, it's a wholly new gaming experience. It immerses you into that world that, that Lexi creates for you. Um, so we, we had this game out. It was kind of lukewarm, but it was also the first game of many that we had planned for the thing. And all along, we've known that if we can continue to build up a game library and give people the option to add new games to this system for a literal fractions of the cost of traditional machines, instead of paying $10,000 for each new game, what if you could pay $2,500 for a new game or even $1,500 for a new game or maybe even software, new versions of software rules that cost $300, $400, $500? You could create this game library, this whole gaming experience um, scratch your entire pinball itch with a single machine and do exactly for this physical pinball world what the gaming consoles do for video games, which is have you buy one machine and just add content to it. Exactly. So it, it has been that journey that, that, that you led me into, but it, it's, it started out pretty rough. We weren't real happy with how people were responding to it, but we've always known, because we've had this whole roadmap and all these plans, what it would turn into, and we're turning the corner now. We're we have a lot of momentum and a lot of people that are now finally starting to see them in person that are really interested in it. And and I feel, and I completely 100% agree. And, and, and Becca, like, like I feel this is the bridge between like PC console gaming and traditional pinball, because I just feel like traditional pinball, well, I love it, but it needs to, we need to be able to, you know, incorporate so much new technology and so many, you know, opportunities for people to be able to own these machines because they're expensive. And especially with prices rising, uh, hint, hint, other people, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really a cost prohibitive hobby, you know, for, if you really want to get into this, it's, it, you know, you, you can own maybe like one sad ratty machine, you know, like for like a, an average person. But if you make the investment, you know, to get a P3, you can, you know, update to your heart's content. And for me, you know, I've seen the progression from again, like, you know, Lexi Lightspeed, Cosmic Heart Racing, and, you know, with Heist. So Heist, listeners, as you all know, like I am so team heist, but I've never played it before, but it looks amazing because again, it's that story building, that world building that, you know, people really want. And I felt like that 
came even to into more fruition with heist what was um you know what has been the response so far from heist because unfortunately heist got released and then covid happened so that must have been rough because it was literally like we have this new machine called heist oh by the way the world is shut down for a pandemic i i I say that heist is the the best game that no one's ever seen it's um (laughs) we we had such high expectations for heist and we still do and we had everything planned out we had parts on order. We had playfields built. The intention was to announce it the Monday before TPF. Uh, we actually had Jack Danger flying down to meet us at the factory to stream it from our factory, and then we would all go up to the show together and take machines, take new inbox machines that were ready to go, ready to be sold off the floor, and show people this this amazing game. Heist is an amazing experience. Becca can speak to it. it uh, she played it and then bought a machine. Um, well, I I played it and then Jordan bought a machine. Let's, <laughs> let's give the credit to where the credit is due. I played it. I was like, Jordan, I want it. It's really cool. <laughs> and then Jordan put down a deposit. And, and, and that's awesome. We obviously really appreciate the support. <laughs> um, but that's the same experience we see from from everyone. We get this machine in front of people and they buy it. Or we we shipped games to people that owned P3s and slowly got more word of mouth experience and uh, they'd have their friends over and play it, and then the friend would call us up and put one on order. It's, it's, it's that good of a game. It's a game people see and play and want to own. Um, but you hit the timing perfectly. We we announced it right before TPF, and we planned on showing it to however many people go to TPF. A thousand, two thousand, three thousand people go to a show, and we didn't have the opportunity to do that because of COVID. And in fact, we haven't taken Heist to a show yet. Uh, we plan to do that very shortly with Expo coming up and Houston following behind it. But now, yes. now with the world opening back up, we finally get to have Heist in front of people. And oh, by the way, everything's gotten better since then anyway, because we now have more code on Heist. It's got this full, super deep wizard mode um, that you can play without playing the rest of the game if you use our save and restore state features. Uh, we have other games that we've developed. We have other features we've developed. And now people seeing the machine will get to experience Heist and Lexi and Cosmic Car Racing, which in itself is enough to to convince people a platform machine makes sense. But it's not all we have. We have more stuff on top of that now. Yeah, and it's, you know, oh, I was going to say, so what I think has been really cool since I would say, like, we have gotten into the P3 community is... I is honestly the P3 community itself. There are multiple like P3 owners and people who are considering owning a P3 and people who are developing games on a P3 that all hang out and communicate with each other. And it's one of the, it's not necessarily, it's not even exclusive. It's like anybody can participate and everyone is engaging and like informing other people and trying to, I would say like spread the word and it's done in such a cool and like really wholesome way. (laughs) And Jerry, did you, did you see this coming? Like building your own little like commute, like, and I wouldn't even say that it's little. I mean, it's gotten way bigger, honestly. Yeah. 
especially recently. Yeah. yeah. But what, what I see when I watch people talk about other machines is you have the people that hate it. You have the people that love it. Um, that happens with every machine. But what I see generally is people that are willing to put eight, nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000 down on a machine, they want to be able to continue justifying that purchase. So I see a lot of support for all games from all manufacturers, just from the people who bought it, because they want to convince other people that they weren't stupid when they bought this machine. Um, and I feel in the P3 world that's a little bit different, because people in the P3 world don't care if you buy a machine. They, they have their own experience. They can buy and add games to it. They can keep enjoying the machine themselves. They don't care if there's a, a, a for sale market out there for the P3 because it doesn't affect them. Um, they're just expressing their love for the platform because they can do those things. They can develop for Nick Baldridge bought a machine, loves it. He's decided on his own. We didn't make him. We didn't ask him to do it. He saw the opportunity to go and create his own game content, Ranger in the Ruins and Silver Falls and Quest for Glory, are things that he wanted to develop. We gave him a system that allowed him to do that stuff. Uh, Kevin from Buffalo uh, Pinball, he bought the machine. He streams it all the time. We don't pay him to do that. We don't, we don't have a relationship with him besides just the fact that He's a customer of ours. He loves the machine. We uh, appreciate what he's doing. And um, the whole community has come together. I don't, I don't really know why or how or what keeps it going other than we've developed this system that genuinely seems to be something people enjoy. And it has such variety to it. There's something there everyone can like. So if you buy the machine and maybe you love Heist, but someone else buys the machine and maybe they love Lexi, well, you're both big fans of the P3. So you have that common ground and you have something to talk about and you'll have all this additional new content that, that you can relate to as well. Yeah, no, I think that's amazing and fantastic. And the newest, we haven't even talked about your, your newest offering Sorcerer's Apprentice, which mm -hmm. I'm really excited about for, for our listeners who may not have heard about Sorcerer's Apprentice. Is it based on, you know, the movie or, you know, what I, you know, consider the old school Mickey Mouse cartoon. Uh, where did the inspiration for that come from and what made you decide to tackle that particular project? Sure. So just so we're clear, games like Lexi and Heist and Cosmic Kart Racing and the fourth one, Cannon Lagoon, are games that have their own playfield modules. So right now we have four playfield modules, those four. And we also have nine other software applications, some developed by us, some developed by other people like Nick or like Jimmy Lippo from 86 Pixels or Greg Goley, who did Hooping It Up. Uh, these are additional game software packages that you can play on top of one of those four playfields. So we had Cosmic Kart Racing out. It was our second playfield, or our third. I mean, we did Ken and Lagoon before it. But we had the Cosmic Kart Racing software for it. We added a career mode to it. So we give you a few different ways to mm -hmm. play the Cosmic Kart Racing game. But at its core, Cosmic Kart Racing is a video game style, kind of Mario Kart style type of experience. And we wanted people to be able to enjoy this really cool playfield layout, really uh, looping shots, these ramps that are very flowy, these really cool magnets that can manipulate the ball. Uh, we have 900 RGB lights on them, so we can do really cool lighting effects. And we wanted people to be able to experience that in a traditional pinball uh, form. So we set out specifically to 
create an entirely new gaming experience, new theme, new rules, new story, uh, and put it onto that cosmic kart racing playfield so that people who already owned it could add a whole nother game to their library. Um, so when we were thinking about it, the, the, the goal was to figure out a theme that would make great use of the dark kind of presentation of the playfield because it's cosmic kart racing is based in space. So we took a dark starry kind of background. The playfield artwork is very dark and we wanted to leverage these amazing lights that we have on the playfield. Literally 900 RGB LEDs is I love like, that's like 10 times more than any other machine had at the time. I think someone now has 300 and we have 900 so we can do these crazy lighting effects make these really cool uh, wipes across the play field or um, individually light each shot differently or with different colors or do explosion effects and all that stuff. So what we landed on was a magic-themed game. We call it Sorcerer's Apprentice. It is entirely original. It is not based on a story <laughs> that is before a movie. Or... Apprentice, it's, it's a public domain, you guys. You could have yeah. also gone with, like, Robin Hood. But if I uh-huh. have to deal with another rehash Robin Hood, after nope. all the movies they've been pumping out, I'm no one needs lose. that. Nobody needs that. But we, we can always s- do with more wizards. And so we yeah, stayed wizards away are- from that word. We stayed away from the word wizard simply because we'd previously experimented with a game called Wizard, which is a training game that kind of teaches you how to play the game. So it would be weird to have that concept and then come out with this story around Wizard's Apprentice. So we, we changed that word into Sorcerer. It's an entirely original theme, new story, new rules, but it's very much traditional pinball in the sense that it's a three-ball game, it's mode-based, it has multi-balls, and you have a story progression. You're trying to get to the Sorcerer battle at the end. I love and that. It's so neat. And then I want to highlight just a couple of things because there's some stuff that, like, the pinball community kind of goes rabid for, which is co-op. If you say co-op, I guarantee you half the people out there are going to be salivating going like, what co-op? How can I get co-op? And Jerry, you guys have been doing co-op for how long exactly? Exactly. I don't know. There's a, there's a pin side post with a video for me showing, we call it team play because it's more than just co-op. You can actually set up a competition between groups of people. So you can, Two of you can play against two other people, or you can all team up into a four-person game, or you can you can do variations of, of that. But there's a video of me, I think it's 2015, showing that off on Lexi Lightspeed. Our first game, we, we developed this team play concept into it. Which is so cool. It's amazing. And like 2015, you know, people were like, you know, not, I'm not poo-pooing on it, but, you know, like, oh, you know, this amazing thing called co-op mode that came out with, you know, um, you know, Scott Denisi's, you know, offering from Spooky, which yep. is backed by the P-Rock board, yep. you know, it's a, th- it's a thing, y'all. It's a thing. You can't see me, but I'm like doing this like thing with my hands. So again, really great podcasting, but it's like really amazing. Like all of these innovations that have been possible, you know, by Multimorphic. So I, you know, I love that the, the innovation and one of the big things about coming on the show today is that you have a really big thing that's coming out. And I'm like, yes, as a person who loves tech, as a person who has 
updating is so important y'all update <laughs> do updates but um what you guys are pushing out for your platform is simply amazing uh what is this big announcement that you are, are sharing with the field so we have released into the p3 system administration features uh, it can now do full networked software updates so <gasps> yes that's, what that's, does that mean? That Someone means... please explain this as the person who can't touch the microphone and is using Jordan's computer. So everyone who owns a P3 now never has to use a USB stick again. Oh, thank up, God. I actually don't the software have any. On their games. Um, literally, you, you load up the P3, you load the system manager application, it goes to the internet and it says what new versions of all of my software programs are available. It will tell you which ones. It'll show you on the screen. You have the latest versions of these three things, but you can update your Cosmic Kart Racing and your Heist to the latest software. Do you want to do that now? And you click yes, and it downloads those softwares over the internet and installs them on the game so you have immediate access to all the latest and greatest stuff that we're putting out. Oh, it's like a thick God. I was about to be like, y'all are going to punch me. I'm like, it's like an app store. I can like click on it. Like, thanks for me. Look, you guys, I'm just going to be very clear here. Jordan was trying to update some of our old machine, some of our machines, probably like, I don't know, like eight years, not eight years ago, like eight months ago. And he's like, do you have a USB stick? And I'm like, no, I don't. Like, let me look. He's like, how do you not have this? And I'm like, I don't ever use them so i haven't needed them oh and God. he literally like went through my whole house just like looking for a usb stick spoilers i did find like two in the garage when we were cleaning the garage but as someone who doesn't use and or can't find them i can find them now because jordan lives here but yay no more <laughs> usb sticks yeah, no, I, and it's such a pain because essentially, listeners, if you've never had to do this, you essentially have to go to, you know, website, download all this, you know, updates on a USB stick or a flash drive, then take it to your pinball machine, you know, put it in there, update your machine. It is a pain. For those of you who have done it, you know it's a pain. And God forbid something's corrupted with that file or something, that, then you have to unplug it from the pinball machine, go back to your computer, reload, and it's like, why? Why? We have the technology. We have it. And Jerry, you're at the forefront of that. And I think that's the, the biggest thing I hope that our listeners take away today is that how innovative P3 is and all the things that we're doing, like Wi-Fi, like it, it's, a, it's amazing. Like it's really a game changer because there's so much you can push. And again, you can update your games, you can get new games. And again, it's making that, you know, process easier. I don't have to go into some dudes like ruddy garage and buy a machine and then go fix it myself and you know do all these things and i love that that's a part of the journey but you know it's kind of nice when i'm like i'm just gonna press this button on my machine and i'm gonna get a new game just like rebecca an app store that's <laughs> right we, we actually call it an app store ourselves but we, oh, we started, good, we started shipping p3s in 2017 and every single one of them starting in 2017 has come with a wi-fi adapter um, we didn't use that Wi-Fi adapter for a couple of years, but we started using it when we shipped Cosmic Kart Racing because Cosmic Kart Racing and a secondary, a demo app that we've shown at a couple of shows called Heads Up, they're both games that you can literally connect to other games running the same software over the network. You can play Heads Up competitions. You can race against your friends. Um, we've done races where 
there's me here in Texas. We've had people up in uh, other states out in the West Coast, uh, people in Canada, people in New Zealand, Australia, oh, um, Europe, all literally racing against each other on the same game because we have this Wi-Fi connection. It's so cool. I'm not going to lie. When Jordan and I were talking about like what, what plate, like what modules we wanted to get, like it's like cosmic cart racing was like pretty much it was like, Oh, we want sorcerer's apprentice, but also I really want to get to race people in cosmic cart racing. It's awesome. I loved cosmic cart racing, especially having the heads up and, and being able to do that with somebody else was just so much fun. And it did have the Mario Kart vibe, like, cause I like hardcore loved Mario Kart, but it, it, I just, there's so many neat innovations you can do with this platform. Um, so, so Wi-Fi, this is, it's going to, it's going to be out there. It's going to be amazing. What's on the, the forefront for you guys? Maybe you would like to share with our listeners your, your new thing that you're working on. The super Pretty secret please. stuff. You know, the super secret stuff. We won't tell anybody. Nobody. Yeah, nobody. 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 <laughs> How many people listen again? Uh, I don't know. We'll just cut it out. We'll, we'll get rid of we'll it. it. <laughs> so no, I won't share with you the super <laughs> secret stuff. However, um, we are working on a lot of really cool things. That includes games we've already mentioned publicly. We haven't we haven't specified timelines or um, anything specific, but we said we're working on a licensed theme. Our next full playfield module will be licensed. We said we're working with Scott Denisi on the audio for it. Oh, I love it. So Scott that's, Denisi, love him, friend of the show. That's yep. really exciting. We're working on physical upgrades to the machines. People can add on stuff. We're working for software and feature updates. There are other games in the pipeline beyond the license game. So that, we're, a, we're a company that now has a platform. And the whole point of having a platform is so customers can add content and add new features and add new games. And that's literally what we sit around all day doing is coming up with new games, implementing them, coming up with new features and designing them. And, uh, we're really excited. In the next few months, we're going to see a transformation of this platform. Right now, it's a platform with four play fields and a total of 13 game applications that you can run on those. Um, I've told people this publicly. The conversation about the P3 is about to entirely change because the features we're coming out with and the license theme we're coming out with and the games we're going to follow it up with are literally conversation changing things. I'm so excited. I'm like, right? I'm just I'm like, now. I, I know I'm like, I, I want, I really want to know, but also I'm like, Oh, like, all right. Like maybe like for Christmas, like I give myself like something for the pin palace. Like I, it's like, it's like just been trying to figure out like the pin palace. It I would really, go. Cause my pin palace is really super shiny. It would. It would. It, would. it would. it would. it really would. And like, you could have like that new job. And, I know. God, like, you I could have that light job a candle. Oh, and, you know, and well, let me release. if you're hiring. <laughs> um, no, well, I, I fully expect that leads into what I was going to say, which is if someone's interested in a P3 right now, if, if they have the, the itch, if they think it's something that they're going to want, now's the time to get your order in because when we announce this new stuff that's coming down the line, we expect our lead times to grow pretty long. So if you want it soon, get it now. If you the- want it soon, you need to have it on order now. Get your name on a list. I, I mean, to- 
it's something where like our lead time was a few months, which isn't a bad lead. Honestly, the lead time right now <laughs> to get a P3 is nothing. Like it's not compared to like some of the other manufacturers, like you will see this in a year. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, it's something where like, shout out to spooky, love spooky. Yeah. No, no, folks, like, no shade to everybody, but it's also like, knowing that when we went in on a Halloween order that like, we're not going to get it until like, we don't know. Um, (laughs) You know, and anytime Stern drops a new pin, there's that mad rush of orders. And if you don't get in the first one, you don't know. And so it was really nice to be able to be like, yeah, I want this really cool thing. And it's like, Oh, cool. It's going to be a few months and it's going to be here next week. I mean, even before we bought Heist, I think we were in on, like, two other machines waiting for them and knowing that it's like, I'm going to get this before these? Like, I mean, well, it's, a, it's an amazing time in the industry right now when, an, when a manufacturer can announce a theme and maybe show a couple of pictures of the play field and maybe not even show any gameplay and literally sell out thousand plus machines. It's nuts. Look, we are, we want new machines, Jerry. Well, we're coming out with new games. Well, what I love is is that you guys put out, like, downloadable, like, content. So if I want a new game, like, and I have, you know, so we're going to have our two modules. We're going to have our Cosmic Heart Racing. We're going to have our Heist. But now the discussion has turned to, well, what download, what what other games do we want? And knowing that, like, at any moment, you know, you guys could put out another game and I can be like, app store magic and like get a new magic game i know i'm even a monster with like apple products and stuff because i can't i can't deal with these technologies so i'm like i want i want my magic button and so like knowing i could like magic button uh you know a new it was like when sorcerer sorcerer's apprentice came out like even before i think kevin at buffalo had an opportunity to stream it or we could show up to stream it i was watching everybody who's like boop downloaded boop yep. downloaded boop downloaded and it was so cool so yeah knowing so, i can do that it's like i'm a sucker for instant gratification it's well we, we we have that in spades on Woo-hoo! our on our software games right on our downloadable games our production queue like you just mentioned is is about three to three and a half to four months right now and it's going to grow when we announce the new game it will it will grow just like every other manufacturer's. Um, we try to build to order, um, so we have a lot of parts on order now in sp- expectation that when we're able to announce the new theme and build the games, that, that we'll have a bunch of orders to fill. Um, we do intend to grow our team pretty significantly because we want to be able to push these games out. <laughs> um, we will be looking for people to help assemble these things and to get them tested and off the line and shipped. So, uh, Well, Jordan called me his chaos monkey the other day. Um, because I am what he calls a destructive tester, which is if I can, if I, if you give me something, I can break it. I don't know how I'm going to break it, but I can find all of the bugs that you never expected to find because I'm special. So I, you, you have that special. Yeah, the special. <laughs> it's, it's funny how, how, Oh, how should I say? We're never short on volunteers to test our products for some reason. <laughs> yeah, but I'm really close. That's true. You're right down really the street. Close. Yeah. I'm like right here. 
That's absolutely true. We will mm-hmm. we will love to have you come in and break our machine. No, wait, let's rethink let's <laughs> let, let, this. Let's, let's mm. find bugs. Not find break. bugs. Find bugs. Got it. Not break. I love it. I love it so much. So next for you is uh, Pinball Expo. Mm-hmm. Um, of Schaumburg, Greater Chicago area, late October, Halloween weekend. And then also, hooray, hooray, you're going to be doing um, the local Houston Arcade Expo, which we don't talk about enough on this show. But, um, so, I, you know, listeners, those are going to be places where you can go see Heist in person. So if you're going to be at those events, check out the Multimorphic booth. And, uh, Jerry, if people want to order after they listen to our amazing podcast, well, how, how do they order? How do they contact you guys? Yep, all you got to do is go to multimorphic.com. There's a buyable deposit. So you click on the machine in the online store, and it will ask you for a $1,000 deposit. That deposit will basically reserve your machine for you. We won't ask for another cent until your machine is getting ready to come off the line. I mean, that's when you can decide which playfields you want to add to it or what accessories or artwork packages or anything else. So go to the website, reserve a spot with a deposit, and then we will contact you throughout the process and let you know when your machine is just about ready. I love it. I love it. I'm so excited. Uh, Jerry, thank you so much for being on the show and for, you know, reaching out to us and, and wanting to share this amazing news and, and your journey with us. We have one more feature uh, thing that we do on the show. You may remember it. And I, I this, this is going to be funny because I feel like all the answers are going to be related to the P3 platform. Like, I'm just guessing. So, Rebecca, I'm going to let you run one with this. We have a segment that we call Inside the Pinball Arcade, where our listeners get to find out more about you and your pinball mind. Would you like to play? Sure. All right, Rebecca. It's all you, girl. Well, what's funny is, is I definitely... Did not have, I don't have my, we were so, I'm so out of practice. So you'll have to remind me if I miss anything. I'm, I'm, we'll I got start, you. We'll start easy, Jerry. Okay. What pinball machine do you love? The P3? <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> well, you, it totally are you, counts. Are you going to totally force counts. me to say some other machine? You, well, you, can, you can. It's Ed, you you can. can. It's any it's pinball, any machine. pinball machine. I love Attack from Mars. Yeah. That's a classic. I love it. What is it that you love? Because I, I liked in your, your, you know, origin story, you kind of had these classics that you are mm-hmm. you know, Attack from Mars, Theater of Magic. You know, what is it about Attack from Mars? Because it is such a classic game. Well, those were the games that I started playing. So I have that affinity for them. But uh, Attack from Mars is just very fast paced. It gets your adrenaline going. The The shot layout is is very open, but you have to be very specific with what you shoot or else you're kind of screwed. So I, I don't know. I, I It's one of the first two machines I bought. I bought Attack from Mars and Theater of Magic together, and I still own them both. I've ruled the universe over a hundred times. I, wow. I, I had to make sure that that digit actually continued moving, that it wouldn't reset reset from 99 back to zero. <laughs> and it, it does, in fact, go to a hundred. Um, I don't know how much longer it'll last, honestly, but a hundred rule of universes was enough. Now I now I want to move off onto something else. Oh my gosh. I've never ruled the universe once, but I would really like to. I would make so many changes. Um I would solve so many problems if I could just rule the universe. Um but so interesting so Jerry, our second question is Ready. what pinball machine do you hate? 
hate. Hate is such a negative word. I know. I mean, I would just say that, like, my least favorite machine that I've ever had to play is, like, The Walking Dead. Anytime I get set up on it on a tournament, I I literally feel the stomach. I, not that it's not a great game and that the code isn't great and it's fun for other people. It's just literally the bane of my existence. Hmm. So with that in context, is there a game that you're just like, I am just not super hot on this game. Like, I and your answer I, can be Thunderbirds. <laughs> I have never touched a Thunderbirds, which I've heard is a good thing. Um, I don't hate any machine. I don't love Funhouse. Is it the clowns? Rudy is terrifying. It's not that they're terrifying or even weird or awkward or creepy. It's just the clunkiness. There's so much going on on that play field that... I just never felt like it was fun to shoot. I I completely agree. Also, I'm not a fan. I you know the people though have come on that and that's the game they love. Um, we've had more hate for that game though. I will say that's probably like in a top five hate category. Um, just more, more it's the clowns. <laughs> <laughs> so the, like people are like, yeah, it's not fun to shoot, but it always pops up in like a tournament or on the floor of an expo or something. It's always or it's in an arcade. It's I don't know yep. why it's so popular. I don't know why. They, don't I think they made a million of them. Oh, and, well, I think it comes from the era of they made a lot of them, and mm-hmm. so it's very so everybody played them as kids. So it's very nostalgic for people to play it. But it's not my favorite pen. It's just it. I've played a really nice one, and so it was nice because it worked. But also, I, I can't have it in the house. It's terrifying. Makes sense. I, I do happen to like Walking Dead, but that's a whole other story. That's, you know, it's fine. Somebody came on the show, and they told me that their least favorite game was Game of Thrones Pro, and it literally broke my heart. <laughs> um, so, because everybody knows that's one of my, like, top, top, that was one of my top, top games. Um, but, let's see. Jerry, do you have a favorite pinball art package art package this can be backlash art playfield art cabinet art uh, no one will have seen or heard of this but my favorite pinball artwork package i still tell people this is the best looking game i've ever seen is a doom homebrew machine Okay. Oh, the build on awesome. top of the P-Rock platform. It's a guy named Matt Bonema. He hired a an artist who uh, he found on the internet who was a Doom kind of fan art developer. And it's absolutely amazing. If you can find pictures of this oh. Doom homebrew machine, it's literally the best artwork package I've ever seen on any machine. Listeners, we're going to try to find it. We, I was going to say, maybe it's on Pinside, but we'll try, if we can find the link, listeners, we'll put it in the show notes. It should be. It probably is. Yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. We're going to find it. Yeah. On the note of favorites, Jerry, another question is, what is your favorite pinball sound? Sound. Not even necessarily a sound package, but like, is there a pinball sound that you just love to hear in a machine? Well, besides that big replay clunk. um, (laughs) The knocker. Knocker, yeah, that's a good sound. Uh, back to Attack from Mars, the extra ball sound. Just the, f- the, 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 the extra ball lit sound. It's just so meaningful. It tells you you just did that thing you've been trying so hard to do, and it's, it's ready to go. It's sitting there waiting for you. Oh my I gosh. love it. 
Let's see. Um, I feel like we're going to get into some very interesting questions. So, Jerry, Uh-oh. what is your dream theme of <laughs> I know, I'm like I feel this is just like what is your dream theme? Pinball machine. What doesn't exist yet that you want to make that you're allowed to share with us because you haven't made it yet? The only one I will share, there are a few that I would (laughs) really love to do. The one I will share is one I've talked about elsewhere. I would love to do a Firefly pinball game. (gasps) Nice! Oh, that that would be an awesome theme. I feel like it would have been five or six years ago. It would be great for fans of the show now. But I don't know how pervasively successful it would be today if we came out with it. No, agree. I'd be so curious about what the licensing costs would be because I have, we have a friend who did a, who made like a small board game for like based on Firefly. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. I wonder how much that license was, what he had to do to get it. And, like, I would just be so curious about what it would be. So I actually know that. I I, I won't give you too many details. (laughs) When I started Multimorphic, we wanted to go out and build a Firefly-themed game. That would have been our first game. Um, But, and I I can't really uh, fault Fox for thinking this way, they wanted someone who had experience and a track record of making games. They wanted us to prove ourselves before they would even really talk to us super seriously about it. But uh, we talked prices. We understood it, it, it was going to be a lot more than we as a startup could afford. Um, I don't think it would be anywhere near some of the themes that you're seeing come out. Though It certainly wouldn't be anywhere near a Mandalorian or a... Oh, yeah. Um, some of the Marvel stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, yeah. I don't think it would be near that. I th- I, it, to me, it just seems like a very like limited run, but I agree. I think that there's that super frenzy fan base that would love it, but I, viability for like a larger audience, uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, lo- you, I love the theme, though. I think it's a great idea. You so. might have said the same thing about Rick and Morty two years ago. Though, That's so, true. So because when somebody said Rick and Morty, I was like, Rick and Morty? I was like, all yeah. right. <laughs> but then, yeah. like, you know, boom, they saw it in, you know, a couple hours. Yeah, I never watched the show before the pin. Came out Same. I knew I what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I knew what the ching was, but I, until the pin came out, I was like, oh, I guess I should watch this so I can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, see, maybe we could get 700 more people to watch Firefly. <laughs> I'm just saying that Gina Torres is available on Cameo, and she is also starring in the smash hit 911 Lone Star. Oh, so... no, that show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Isn't that based in Austin? It is, and it is not accurate. Uh, did you know that we have volcanoes? Uh, we do. Oh, wow. Uh, anyway, we also have tornadoes that rip through downtown on a regular basis. We have a lot of hot air. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Our- um, let's see. Jerry, do you have a Holy Grail pen? What game do you seek that you do not have? And this no, is a game that's I, out there that, you know, I that don't. exists. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't because... I've always been able to find, I mean, I've never been interested in one that's super rare, super uh, hard to get. Um, I was, when I was buying machines, I was really into home use only machines. So they were a little more expensive or a little harder to get. But no, I, my, my most exciting purchase was a black Spider-Man. After they stopped running them, I think I got one of the last two that a distributor 
had. Nice. Um, a beautiful machine and mirrored back glass and super cool artwork and stuff. Um, it didn't last very long in my collection. It wasn't as fun to play as I remembered it before then. But um, no, I don't really have a particular game that I need to have or want but can't find. Well, you you kind of make your own. Pinnacle. Yeah, I was going to say he, you, so you make your like own. So it's like, well, like, you know. I want this. I'll just make it. It's yeah, like right. just the crap. Because like, it's that easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, oh, I was, I'm going to say things that will get me in trouble. Um, <laughs> Lauren's shaking her head. Um, let's see. And then, Lauren, am I at our last question? No, you have two more questions. Uh, the one that's, Jerry, in the universe, like past, present, future, who or whom do you enjoy playing pinball with the most? This can be a you know, literary character, you know, somebody throughout history, or it can be your best friend. But who do you enjoy playing pinball with the most? Or who would you like to play pinball with? Well, you, you already took my answer because even before you said best friend. So the guy I started playing pinball with, his name is Matt. He was a friend of mine in college. Uh, we've since kind of moved far apart from each other. But we would literally go somewhere to play pinball either every day of the week or at the very least every weekend. We used to spend a ton of time at the Pizza Hut or the sub shop or wherever, literally putting six or seven or eight hours a day on a pinball machine, learning how to death save and bang back and try to get through the game. And it would be a lot of fun 20 years later, 20 years after I played pinball with him later, to uh, to relive those experiences. Oh, I love that. I mean, it's cool when somebody mentions some rando historical figure, because I'm like, that's interesting. But when somebody says it's like their best friend, I'm like, oh, I love that. Because that's what pinball is to me. It's it's hanging out with that particular friend and playing pinball. Oh, I love that. That's so sweet. All right. That's really sweet. I know. It's so nice. Uh, Final question. What is your favorite pinball event to attend? Um, this can be, it used to be like we say, don't say Pinberg, but you know, also Pinberg, rest in peace. Um, but uh, what is your favorite either pinball tournament, expo, event to attend? Hmm. I'm going to have to say TPF for the exact same reason. TPF is what got us started, TPF is local ish. It's three hours up the road. We're able to take, we usually take like 10 machines, 10 P3s each with a different play field or a different game application running. It's uh, back to the friendship thing. It's where I get to hang out with lots of the people that I basically got into the industry knowing. Um, And it's popular and big enough now that most of my national and sometimes international pinball friends all kind of meet up there and we get to hang out and talk about new games and walk the floor and play a bunch of machines together. It's uh, yeah, definitely. That's the one. I mean, Houston's a close second just because it's also local and I'm able to see a lot of friends, but they're both Texas close, which is if it's three hours away, that's you can drive there and back in a day. It's totally close. You can drive. we We drive there and hang out for two or three or four days and just play pinball. It's so much fun. I'm so excited for, I'm so excited for Expo and TPF and like big Expo in Chicago because I've never been, but I know I feel like I'm looking forward to like Houston Expo and like. How to tell. I know. I'm so excited. It's going to be so yeah, I'm actually really curious to see what uh, Chicago Expo is this year because it 
Last year they did it online. Before that, they were in a different venue, so it's it's probably going to have a slightly different feel than it did before. Before it was it was the industry show where all the manufacturers would have um, the representatives there. There would be past designers just hanging out with people talking about games. There would be separate showrooms and exhibit halls, so you could play games or hang out with the vendors and see stuff. It's I'm curious to see how it is this year, but we'll find out in a month. It'll be my first time, so it'll be the same. It'll be the exact. It'll be my. It'll be the first time, so it's the exact same every time for me. That's that's true. Yeah, it's excited to get to have the experience, and it's the first big event now. Kind of, kind of coming out of COVID, you know. I think that you know, it's that hoping to breed that you know normalcy kind of like a little bit like and and getting to see all of our friends in person so i am super excited congratulations for everything that's coming up at uh, p3 multimorphic and um i wish you all the success also i feel like i need to like go check my savings account and see if i can order myself a p3 and i need to have a talk with mr backbox uh, i think maybe if i like hide it in the pin palace he won't know he, he's like where did that come there from i'm like screen. i don't know there, it's a lot of screens so you There's... could definitely like camouflage it just like take a picture of the wall and a picture of the floor and then project it on yeah it's gonna be okay yeah no hey totally if you fun. want I, I might be able to put some custom content on those screens for you to make it kind of blend into you <gasps> this is an idea i feel like it's this actually is an idea. a kitchen table it's a kitchen like, table definitely like, that's not totally. a pinball table that's, that's no not no 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 it's gonna be good but Jerry, thank you again for thinking of us. Thank you for coming on the show. We were so thank excited you, to have you uh, again. Our door is always open. Anything new heading in the multimorphic universe, you know, please feel free to stop by. But again, thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I look forward to talking about it more. Yay! Yay! All right, listeners. Uh, that was like, Finally, we're back. We're back. Uh, Backbox Pinball Podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for sticking around with us. We appreciate your support. Thank you to our uh, Patreon supporters as well. Thank you to Rachel from Ladies Flip Wisconsin. Girl, she bought like 30 koozies. So 30 koozies for like to give away as prizes for their big tournament uh, this month. Also, a uh, shout out to our friend Jean with Orange Photography, big friend of the show. Uh, one of my first pinball friends. I love Jean so much. But he took a picture of his koozie at a, an arcade. So I feel like koozies in the wild is like hashtag koozies in the wild. So if you've got a koozie and take a picture of it, hashtag koozies in the wild and like, you know, at us on Instagram because we'd love to see you guys with koozies. We still have koozies available for five bucks so uh just uh email the show and we'll mail that out to you five dollars is not a lot but they're super fun um you but we've got it with like standard stamps and stuff yeah like it just fits in an envelope it's, it's super cheap it's it's gonna be great but uh thank you so much listeners for sticking around with us and we're so happy to be back and and we're happy to talk about all kinds of cool industry stuff and pinball and you know ladies and all the things rebecca girl i've missed you I've missed you too. I, it's going to be okay. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going like, to get there. We've set September on fire. We're very excited about October and pinball season. This is like high pinball season. This is like it. It is. So we very excited. We are getting excited. started on, yeah, it's like award show season except pinball playing. <gasps> 
girl, I now have to go like pick a dress out. Oh no! I know. Like, I we're don't gonna know have... what I'm gonna bring with we, me to Expo. We haven't even heard. We gotta talk about red carpet and stuff. We'll, we'll talk more about that later. We do. But, we do. We uh, listeners, if you love the show, hate the show, have feelings, email us backboxpinballpodcast at gmail dot com, um, and rate us on your favorite podcaster po- podcatcher of choice. But other than that, thank you so much, everyone. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of each other, and keep flipping. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To receive updates and the latest episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Also, we'd love for you to post a review on Apple Podcasts. To look at dream themes, show notes, and more, visit our website at www.backboxpinballpodcast.com. Again, that's backboxpinballpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and keep flipping.